You're listening to the Creator Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jade Beeson. And in today's episode, I'm bringing an exclusive interview to you where I had the opportunity to speak with Ricky, who is the founder of Self Made Candles. Now, I'm trying to figure out how I can actually tell you how great of a conversation this was without spoiling this entire episode. But we dove in deep in today's interview. Now, Ricky created Self Made Candle Co. by herself. And she was so generous in this interview to listen literally share the blueprint as to how she managed to do that. She even discloses the one thing that she did, which allowed her candles to get stocked in incredible stores and get featured in major magazine publications as well. So anyone out there who's ever thought about creating their own business, or they've just ever been curious as to how on earth people manage to make their own businesses work, especially product-based businesses, because they are not easy, right? This episode is an absolute must listen. I can't wait for you guys to get loads of value from this one so let's just dive straight into the interview all right ricky what up hi hi how are you doing jade oh my god so so, i'm so good i'm so excited to have you here thank you excited to be here for anyone listening uh myself and ricky actually went to the same secondary school (laughs) (laughs) and i'm pretty sure we've not seen each other since then no not since 16 years old yeah which was only a couple years ago yeah exactly So, you know, it wasn't that long. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. No worries. I'm so excited to speak with you. You have done some incredible things since we last spoke and I can't wait to just dive into it. So let's get started. Why don't you tell me about Self-Made Candle, which is your business. Tell me about it. Tell me about how it came about. Okay, so obviously I'm Ricky. I'm the founder behind Self-Made Candle. We're a sustainable home fragrance brand. We're the home of the glow, then grow candles. So I'm big on sustainability, big on aromatherapy, and our products are all designed to be used more than once. So you get a natural vegan candle, and then you get to plant the candle label in the same jar once it's done. Great product, no waste. Love it. Yeah, so I started that, um, well, this business in 2020 during the pandemic, do you remember when everyone was making banana breads? Yes, myself included. Yes. I was making candles. Oh. Yeah. So that's literally how you it started. You were like next level. You're yeah. like, banana bread's easy. Yeah, I was like, banana bread. So that's like 2019. <laughs> like, elite people be making candles now. Um, and then it. it turned out they were really good. Love it. <laughs> so here Love we it. are. Two, well, three years later, I'm still making the candles. Incredible. And now I buy my banana breads. Oh my gosh. That is the level that we're all aspiring to when we start buying our banana bread. <laughs> I'm not there yet. One day. Um, so question when you first got started you were literally hand pouring your candles are you still doing that now yes yeah so this is actually the first year where we're moving to manufacturing so for the last three years I've literally poured every single candle so whether you're the first like the first three people who bought from me to now the (laughs) the next three thousand all of the candles that have been poured have been poured by me whether it be my kitchen or the studio anything it's all been by me that is so incredible. I actually mentioned to you just before we started recording that I have tried my own like product-based business before. I actually had a candle brand. Did you? I you did. I have a good candle brand. I had a candle brand. Okay. It was nothing like yours. What? Hence why it doesn't exist anymore. Tell me about it. Look, look. <laughs> oh gosh, this seems like, I was, is this trauma? Do, do we need a TW here? A little bit. I was young. I was okay. like early 20s. Okay. And I took out a business loan. <gasps> Okay. of about five thousand pounds <gasps> okay and i used almost all of it on a trade show ah which 
okay. could have worked. But yeah. bear in mind, my background is marketing. Yeah. So why didn't I spend the money on marketing? Because that's what I knew. Instead, yeah. I went down a route that I had no idea about. And I got some orders. It was mostly like wholesale. Yeah. But it just, I couldn't keep up with it. And you know, one of the hardest parts was the fact that I was hand pouring the candles. It's so a lot. I... I'm like so impressed, but also very confused as to how <laughs> you've managed to do it's a it lot. yourself. It's a lot. There was a period of time, um, maybe a year and a half ago, that I was literally like sleeping three to four hours a day. I'd wake up oh and pour God. candles, nap, and then <laughs> come oh back and pour candles. God. It was a pretty big order that I literally made myself in my kitchen. There was literally a point where like my window sills were just stacked with candles. <laughs> I like I, my I console table, you. candles, everything, candles under the bed, candles. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like it can be really difficult to start a candle business. Mm. I'm a huge believer in trying to use as little money as possible. Mm. That's how I started my business. Okay, I think I I still have the first spreadsheet. I used and I think it was yeah. like 500 pounds really? that's what I used to start my one Gosh, business just ahead. that was one of the questions I oh, really wanted it? to ask oh, you so well do you know what a lot of there's a lot of creators budding yeah. entrepreneurs they want to start a business yes. and one of the biggest barriers is money Capital and finances tool, yeah. and it's so difficult and I've just said that I made that big mistake yeah. and 5,000 pounds loads of people do I don't know okay I'm such I'm sidetracking but <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that episode of Real Housewives of uh, no, is it, no Pot Potomac how do you say it? Potomac? I've never even heard of that oh one. Oh my gosh. Poto <laughs> Let's say Potomac. Okay. There's a woman on it called Wendy, Dr. Yeah. Wendy. She's like a doctor by background, not mm. medical, but you know, mm. PhD. Um, she's also a pundit. She's also, she's got like loads of side hustles going and she yeah. tried to start her own candle brand and she's like, a big name in yeah. TV and even she couldn't, couldn't get it off it the work. ground. Yeah, there's, as one of the businesses that people think is so easy to get mm. up and running, you really need to like know your audience and yeah. like know your product yeah. and know the gap in the market. Yeah. Otherwise you're like, Wendy was talking about wasting hundreds, yeah. if not thousands of pounds. Oh, well that makes me feel better. Yeah. I didn't like, do that. Yeah. Also because who, which bank would be approving a loan well, of a hundred thousand pounds to me? For 22, a 20 year old <laughs> me with absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Oh. Okay, so take me back. Yes. So it's 2020. It's 2020. The it's world is in absolute chaos. May, or well, end of May, start of June, 2020. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're literally um, a few months into complete yeah, chaotic Complete and complete chaos. Were you working at the time? Yes. So my my background similar to you is marketing yeah. um, but B2B mostly. Okay. So I've actually done like trade shows for oh. B2B businesses. So when you said your so first- you would have been a great person for me to have reached out to at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I would have. Cause yeah, that was like my bread and butter for the first year and a half of my marketing career right. was trade shows. Mm. Great opportunities, but you have to like literally go into it knowing exactly mm. what you're doing. Otherwise it's mm. it's a colossal waste of money. Yes. Um, yes. Or it can be, mm. but yeah, so that was my background, B2B marketing, done some like customer segmentation in like FinTech for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd also worked as like a management consultant for a big four. So very oh. wide career yeah. history. Marketing's my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. But I would say that like when I first started, I didn't actually think about like marketing the product, okay. which is a huge mistake. Okay. So if I was like going back mm. into it, the first thing I would do is like identify a customer and a problem yeah. and then build a, pro a product around that. Yeah. Whereas actually I fell into it by creating a product that people just loved. Right. And then it was easy to talk about and then mm. grew it from there. Mm. That's like maybe one in 10 products can be made yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, so I'd say it's like a mixture of like a little bit of luck, but a lot of hard work. Okay. If I was going to go back and do it, which 
spoiler alert I might do in the future and oh. um, I'd start with a customer problem and then work yeah. from there so why do you think it worked for you then if you think you went yeah. around it slightly the, the opposite way yeah you'd recommend what did you do which actually made your brand work so I think for me a lot of circumstance had to be in effect for it to work mm. so like the product itself it's, a, it's really a simple product. It's a candle that you can use more than once. Yeah. Of course, there isn't really anything in the market like that. Yeah. But it's something that's like quite cool and innovative mm. and also sustainability focused. Mm. And right now, and also back in 2020, sustainability was like a core product type. Yeah. Yeah. And more and more businesses are creating like sustainable solutions to yeah. everyday products. Like you have sustainable deodorants, sustainable toothbrushes, mm. loads of things where like in the bathroom or in the home, mm is a throwaway product. Mm -hmm. Loads of businesses are springing up to create the sustainable version of them. Yeah. So the environment was right, like yeah. right timing, yeah. arguably right person from my background in history to do yeah. it, and then right product. I'd say the, the other thing that I did that sometimes, in the past I didn't do with my previous business, was that I focused on the like the cheapest forms of getting the word out there. Okay. So like my, my, my favorite things back then and still to this day are free marketing. And yes. I don't mean social media, yeah. which a lot of people would focus on, yeah. but I mean press and partnerships. Yes. Those two Ps, they're my favorite things. Yeah. Press, organic press, don't be paying for, mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't say that, but don't be paying for press well, if you I don't mean, have to. I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't have an affiliations with people who promote that. So okay, great. Okay. <laughs> don't be paying okay. for press if yeah. you don't have to. <laughs> um, yeah, press and partnerships. So like sometimes you get like large corporates because mm. they want to be seen as like being part of like the cool new yeah. future. Yeah. They'll get you on board to create like a product for them or they'll do like a collab or partnership with you. Right. And those two ways, like a great way to reach loads of people who haven't heard about your brand mm. and they're free. Yeah. I definitely want to pick your brain more on that a little bit later because I've seen some of the press coverage that yeah. you have gotten and it's, it is incredible. Oh, awesome. so thank you. I'm definitely going to be asking what your secrets are. So, so right. So you do this full time now. Yes. So at what point in your journey did you decide to leave your job to do this full time? Um, Maybe four months in. Okay, that's Which is quick. crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was lucky in the sense that I could. So I'm a big spreadsheet girly. Yeah. Like I love Me to too. like, <laughs> yeah. love it. I love to know like what my incomings are, what my outgoings are. Mm. Like I have a mortgage to pay, so I can't mm. just be making reckless decisions. Mm -hmm. So I, I did like spreadsheet out like what I anticipated my first year income to be mm. um, and what my expenses were. And I managed to like secure a couple of like big contracts with Spotify and I think nice. Lululemon at the time. Yeah, so it meant that I had enough of a like a basis mm. to then be able to take that leap and okay. go full time can you tell us a bit more about those contracts with those companies what did that yeah involve? so a lot of my initial business was with um companies who wanted to create products or send products to influencers that they worked with or okay. their employees okay oftentimes they'll work with agencies to help them do that mm. so one of my first like what do you call it inbound yeah, <laughs> inbound leads yeah. was from an agency who managed those types of relationships. Right. And they were like, this is our customer, this is our client. 
they're looking for sustainable, oftentimes black owned brands yeah. that they want to work with. What can you do for us with this budget? Yeah. Okay. And I'd be like this, 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 and this, let's start. Okay. So how on earth did you get that as an inbound lead? Press. So that is the press. Okay. So yeah. Let's, Think let's of it as about... cyclical. Think okay. of it as like a cycle of the more press you get, the more mm. inbound leads that you get, which means the more partnerships that you get, yeah. you can then leverage that for more press, right. more inbound leads, more partnerships. So, right. So if this is the case, that means that you, you had some two pretty big names on yep. board within months of starting the brand yep. because then at four months you left yes which means that within months of starting the brand you already were getting good press yes how were you doing that so one of the first products I created was the conscious candle mm-hmm. um so a bit of my a bit more about my background history in marketing I used to work for a tech company I won't name them okay. but I worked for them for a little bit of time yeah um, and during black lives matter mm-hmm. becoming a huge topic mm-hmm. they did I don't even want to say the bare minimum because I think really? that would be like overselling it wow yeah um <sighs> I still have great friends there. Ratatata. Yeah. I don't want to speak ill of anyone, but I think sometimes- but I feel like that kind of thing, I feel like they kind of deserve it. <laughs> yeah. I'd, also I'd worked there for like three and a half years and I was like one of the very few black people in the London office, mm. um, which as you know, is like the most multicultural yeah, place yeah. in the whole of the yeah. in, of England. Yeah. And like, as Jade mentioned, we used to go to school together. Yeah. So our school was really multicultural. Yeah. yeah. I feel like um, to have an office where you don't have a lot of diversity in London is a huge red flag. Yeah. Because I feel like that is a reflection of you and your hiring policies. Because exactly. how did you get there? Exactly. And I think for some companies, different forms of diversity matter more. Mm. So for them, they did a lot in terms of like women in tech. And mm-hmm. I love that. Like I fully mm-hmm. supported it. But in terms of like racial mm. equality or mm-hmm. equity, it was pretty low. Um, and it was even more evident because there was like one black person in the whole entirety of the SLT, like the senior leadership team. Really? Yeah, which is crazy for oh a, um, a company like that. Yeah. But anywho... It's not about them. Yeah. It it did help in my journey in the fact that I was so annoyed by how little was being done that I felt like I needed to do something myself. Yeah. I'm yeah. a bit of a maker. Well, I like to think of myself as a change maker. Love so it. if no one else is going to do it, me, I'm a stand up, mm-hmm. I'm a do it. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did was create my conscious candles. So that's mm-hmm. like a, a blend of geranium essential oils. It's supposed to help you relax and mm-hmm. reduce your anxiety. And then part of, well, initially when I created it, I didn't have a business. So I just like sold it and the profits went to stand up to racism at the time. Mm -hmm. People loved it. Like people love the candle. People love the story. People love the product. And then it just grew from there. Like I got, I think it was Cosmopolitan might've been my first ever press feature. Wow, what a flex. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? So my first feature was just Cosmo, not a big deal. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) They do magazines and like- you know, digital stuff. Um, yeah, Cosmo, I think they call it in the in the streets. Um, but they were like my first ever feature. And off the back of that, like I was able to leverage it for like more features. Yeah. And obviously there was like sales through the digital um, article version of mm. it as well. But that was that was really how it started. And mm. people just kept asking me, have you got more stuff? And I was like- That is incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah you're <laughs> like, I just no, made but it. Sure. Um, so with Cosmo, yes. they came to you or did you pitch to them? It was a mixture of both. So I think at the time I could, it, okay, I'm about to say something and you're gonna be like, oh, here she goes. But it's either Elle or Cosmo. I can't remember the, which one it was. I'm so sorry. Like, oh, it was either American Vogue or British oh, Vogue. It was, it's because it was three years ago. 
but one of them was like the um writer was following the brand on instagram and the other one was like i actually proactively found her okay. but i can talk about proactively finding journalists mm. later because it's actually really like quite simple e oh, okay it's Good. so simple and like yeah. they want to be found yes which i always find really strange like pre doing my own press because like back in the tech company we had a whole agency do it mm -hmm. and like they made it seem like it was freaking this like very astrophysic kind of yeah and a very exclusive club where it's like if you don't have the contacts yeah, you can't exactly. get the no it's none of that it's yeah. none of that just email them <laughs> honestly they want to be emailed yeah that's incredible okay so you quit your job after four months yeah you felt comfortable doing that because yeah. you've done all the finances yeah. you're okay what were those first few months busy. of business like busy really? very very busy yeah. it was coming up to like it's our busiest quarter mm -hmm. so it's like coming up to Christmas and that's like prime time to be sending employee gifts of course it's prime time to be getting friend and family gifts like yeah. all the press articles are listicles about how to buy things for mm. um what's the word what's one in october halloween and okay. how to buy things for christmas so right. it's all geared towards Lots selling like products guides and stuff yeah, yeah so i'd actually say as well if you if you're creating a product business know when your busiest season is and mm. then start it just before then yeah because then you can like build on the momentum yeah you don't go stagnant you yeah. build on the momentum and then you sell in the prime selling season. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Hey creators, do you have any burning questions which you really want answered? For example, are you unsure on how to increase your engagement on Instagram? Or maybe you're debating whether to start a membership? Or perhaps you're confused as to which camera you should buy next or what microphone you need to start your podcast. Well, you are in luck because we have the answers. Every Tuesday, we invite you to submit your questions over on our Instagram at thecreatorproject underscore. Do not forget the underscore. We select one question to answer every single week and we provide detailed answers to that question in our email newsletter. So make sure you follow us on Instagram and submit your questions and you also sign up to our newsletter to make sure you see the answers. Links to both our Instagram and our newsletter are available in the show notes. So at what point, in fact, let me start with this question. Is, yeah. it, is it just you running it? Sometimes, mostly, yes. Wow. And then, yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> And you know what's so crazy? I don't know, I've got so many stories. But I did a pop-up last year in mm -hmm. John Lewis and part of it was like a candle making workshop. And Love I invited it. like content creators that I'd worked with in the past and new ones. Yeah. Um, and they were, <laughs> bless her. Hopefully she's watching this big up Nicole. <laughs> um, Nicole was like one of our first ever customers. She was customer number two. Oh, wow. She also happens to be an influencer okay. called Vegan Beauty Girl. Great. And she, when she bought the candle as customer number two, mm thought that we were like a legit like large business that was black owned mm. i think the website had been live for like a day and a half <laughs> i kid you not i mean live for a day and a half that is do you know what i've got i've got another question here because that must mean that your branding yeah was on point from the get-go because it's like i love your branding yeah so you have a strap line what's like get lit responsibly yes i love that candles that help you get lit responsibly love it so have you just always been like has you have you always had that quality and level of branding on your website and stuff yeah. like that from the beginning fun fact i built the website in a weekend love it yeah using what so i okay i this is not sponsored <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, a, a company that rhymes with Twix. Okay, got it. No, is what I know. Okay, so you initial built website in a, on in a weekend. Yeah, it's really yeah. You still do you still use no? So no no. So now I use. It's not sponsored, but I love them. I use Shopify now. I've and if you Shopify. are a product business, yeah. you should. You have no business being on anything apart from Shopify. I agree. 
I, I completely agree. I, of all the product businesses, because I, I've, there was a few, yeah. um, they were all- I wanna hear about all, this. <laughs> for another day oh gosh okay. yeah, they were all on Shopify yes and I loved huge, it so much that when I started this business that obviously is not a products business yeah I was I'm such a believer on like of like done is better than perfect and yes I was like I just need to get this done me too and I was like I me don't too. have time to learn how to use another platform so I just use Shopify for this and it's I still managed to make it oh, work oh that's awesome and then like four or five months down the line when I was like cool I've quit my job I can like actually divert my attention yeah. I switched and migrated over what did you use now I use Kajabi. 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 So it's it's not your traditional like website hosting platform, but it's good for kind of courses and memberships. Ah. So I can have my website, all of my programs, everything's on the one platform. Oh, okay. So it's good for like my like niche, my type of business. Doesn't work well for like other types of business. It's very specific. I'm always interested. So yeah, with a K, K and a J. Anyway, okay. So. When you said that you mostly run it by yourself, what yes. does that mean? So in like prime seasons, like Christmases, usually do a pop-up. There's no way I'm yeah. doing all the digital myself, making the candles, doing the pop-up. None of that. Yeah. I can't be, I'm not superwoman. Like yeah. I'm Ricky, I'm not superwoman. <laughs> so I usually just hire like a few sales assistants to help on that. Maybe yeah. I'll have like a sales exec as well. Yeah. And I, I like... I like how I do it currently because it means I can just scale up and scale down when I need to. Mm. But in the future, I would prefer to have like more people running specific parts of the business. Yeah. So you literally do, I know you've now outs- you're now starting to outsource. Yeah. But up until now, you've done the manufacturing, yep. the, the sales, the marketing, the operations. Yeah, operations. Wow. Yeah, all myself. Which when you say it seems wild. It, no, it is. That's but why when it you're seems in, wild. In the- <laughs> when you're in it though like you have no other choice do yeah you know what i mean you like, just kind of keep running with it yeah and exactly then it becomes your new norm yeah exactly yeah. like i was um, yeah and what i found is as i started to hire i realized just how like the speed at mm. which you work when you're doing it by yourself because suddenly you realize that you can't actually ask someone else to work that quick nope. but like I've had those experiences especially when I first started hiring freelancers because mm. um, I've only I've just gotten to the point where I'm now I've got one full-time person now oh, but wow. previously Congrats. It was, thank you previously it was freelancers and I remember setting tasks and then being like how long roughly do you think they need they'd be like about two days and then in my head I'd be thinking my god I'd get that done in half an hour I know and then I realized like they don't know how you want it done or yeah. how to run the business like you do yeah. and also they do not have as much skin in this game as you do we exactly cannot expect people to just like work frantically at, nah. for a, for at the, end, at the end of the day they're working for someone else yes so even when you get the most dedicated person who's amazing at their job yeah. they're not going home at night and thinking, thinking about the business and why should they be they shouldn't be exactly you know they've so, not got equity in it there's absolutely no and I don't want them to go home and like wake up in the middle of the night stressing over yeah. my company it's only us who should be doing that but it's just weird. I don't even want to be doing that I'm not gonna lie <laughs> no I don't want to be but I don't feel like we have much of a choice in the matter I know what you mean though like I I went for a period last year slash year before oh, my years are getting mixed up <laughs> where I had interns and I can okay. tell you it's probably some of the, my best experiences and some of my worst really? experiences in the business yeah like tearing my hair out like crying in the night oh, no. worse I know and like it's not really their fault mm. it's just like it's managing my own expectations of what they can achieve yes that's that's what I learned from that experience is like just manage my own expectations yeah. of what they can achieve I also learned that if I was going to start another business mm. I'd want a bit more money behind it so mm. I could hire professionals mm. 
Yeah. I'm a huge fan of hiring professionals now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. So you're now at a stage yes. where you are ready to get a manufacturer or do you already have one? What, what's that in the process, process like for you? You know what? It's actually not that bad because I've been in the um, candle home fragrance mm. industry for three years now, mm. like in it as an actual producer and product maker mm. I already have like some contacts I already right. know who the big players are from the manufacturing standpoint of candles like yeah. I'd I'd argue that in the UK like the biggest candle companies are all manufactured by the same three companies right okay that's yeah um you wouldn't even think of it like everyone from like for nesty who's like a luxury brand yeah um down to like a mum and pop yeah would be manufactured the by the same company that's based in essex to like makeup isn't it yeah i always find that so interesting with makeup manufacturers it's literally just a, a couple yeah that do it for everyone so interesting exactly and you don't know that until you're in the industry yeah. right and my challenge is though my product is niche so yeah. the I mean, I'm not going to say which the manufacturer is, but the one that's in the lead right now, mm. they still haven't found a supplier for my seeded label. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's t it's a little bit tough. Oh, and I don't want to give them mine. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to find their own, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, this is yeah. my USP. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, it's a bit tough from that perspective, but um, yeah. Also, luckily at the start, I found a very good fragrance house. I'd, I called, I think like 16, 17 different companies oh, wow. before I found them. Yeah, I was like hard on it. Right. Because um, your fragrance is like one of your USPs. Yeah. So I, I get mine like custom blended. Oh, nice. Buy a fragrance house in the UK, which is rare because most of most other businesses go to grass in France. Right. But I want like local. Yeah. Um, but finding them was, was Difficult. one of the toughest bits of the business. Yeah. So have you been using them from the very beginning? Yeah. Or okay. from like three months in okay and for anyone who wanted to start their own candle brand yes what what steps would they follow if they need to like first of all who yeah. what partners do they need and how do they go about finding them firstly how serious are you because good question. people people be wanting to start candle businesses and they're not serious yeah um so if you're not like if you want to be a hobbyist maybe yeah. you want to do a couple of markets yeah it's super simple to start a candle business yeah. you choose a wax you only stick with that one wax don't be trying soy coconut rapeseed don't be doing all right, that just choose right. one yeah and then just go with like a supplier that already has tested Sorry, essential oils go with a supplier that already has like tested fragrance oils or tested essential oils if you want to use that mm. and then just go with it from there don't be doing all of this testing lots of different things yeah um but just be aware that because you do that you will be one of thousands of the market so mm. you need to be like a hobbyist person to make that work for you yeah if you want to be serious about it um then i'd say like actually find a fragrance house if you want to be even more serious you could create your own wax blend but no oh, one's wow. got time for that unless wow. you're like a joe malone type yeah, side business. yeah yeah i mean unless you're a large candle brand yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? like, yeah yeah you don't need to be finding your own um yeah wax for that but i would say yeah. like work with a custom blended like fragrance house mm. just to make sure that your stuff is actually different mm. if i had a penny for every like lime basil and mandarin candle yeah. i saw on the market i'd be rich yeah yeah i'd probably be <laughs> joe malone herself yeah. who created that blend yeah. do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um but I, i'd say like do something that's different mm. and makes you stand out otherwise you're literally one of hundreds of thousands of candle brands yeah 
I think that's really, really good advice. And something that I speak to a lot of people about already. And I guess, cause everyone hears about like, what's your USP and yeah. stuff like that. People get quite bogged down with it. But I think sometimes we can assume it has to be something really extreme. Yeah. Like you just said, maybe every single candle you have is like a different blend yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You don't need to go that deep. I think sometimes your USP is in your branding. Exactly. And the story around it. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people get caught up with, especially when they're in the ideation phase of a business ah. because they're thinking how do I create something from scratch yeah and I'm like that's very difficult to do <laughs> just change one thing yes exactly just I could one not thing. agree more I'd actually also argue though this is just something I thought of now yeah but you probably don't even want to think about your USP mm. I actually because I'm in the process right now of creating something new very and it's yeah I know I'm buzzing <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't sound it I am um but I think you should always start with a customer problem yeah because you're you're not just selling for the sake of selling the mm. best-selling products are best-selling because they solve a problem yes so I'd probably yes. start with what that Audience is first. yeah Audience exactly approach exactly yeah, completely what would you say has been your biggest challenge Ooh. in your journey so far that's a really good question I'd say there's a few challenges one is obviously I'm my biggest enemy and okay. also my biggest support because I'm a mm. blocker like if you do mm. a lot of stuff yourself you start to block yourself in your business yes um, and then another thing I'd say is money so mm. although I would say that like you don't need loads of money to start a candle business mm. working capital can kill a business mm. and I didn't realize just how close you could get to bankruptcy yeah. until like a year in when I had like I had like nearly 2000 candles to produce, but I didn't have the working capital Gosh. to, yeah, to make them. Um, yeah, it was, it was very scary. <laughs> so people, people really be like, oh yeah, Ricky's fine. Like she's having a good yeah, time building business. Thriving. I'm just here like this supply hasn't paid. Oh, they haven't gosh. paid me. I haven't paid them. Oh my gosh. Oh my okay. gosh, go bankrupt. Like all that sort of stuff is happening in the background. So what happened? How did you, did you fulfill that order? Yeah, I did. So one of the things I would say is that you can leverage your brand mm. to get better payment terms. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good yeah so like usually when you sell wholesale or corporate they pay you upon receipt sometimes they'll pay you upon shipping but mm. usually it's paid on receipt mm. and oftentimes even more you get like 30 to 60 day payment terms mm. if i'd done that my business would not exist today really like it just wouldn't Two thousand candles at near oh, rp yeah. is a lot of money yeah. like i i mean i'm I'm working class, babe. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't have that money just in the yeah. bank. My parents are nurses. Like yeah. their savings aren't covering that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I had to like negotiate better payment terms in okay. order to be able to fulfill that order. Mm. And I, I, the one thing I would say as well is that like, don't be afraid to do that. Mm. Even if it's like a large order or a large business, mm. like they want your product. Otherwise yeah. they wouldn't be there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like negotiate those payment terms so you can still be a business. Yeah. And that's what I had to do. It took me a, a long time to get the confidence and to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And also <laughs> they also didn't pay me for quite some time on the, so I did like a 50% deposit and then 50 right. cent on receival or receipt. Yeah. And it still took them a while to pay me on receipt. Uh, yeah and like, why was that was that just them being slow yeah I think there was stuff going on in their business and also one thing when you're working with um larger businesses the person who's paying you is not the person who's ordered yeah 
It's always like an accounts department somewhere else who has no skin in the game. They're just like people who- Yeah, they're fulfilling like a task. They're like completing a task. Exactly. They have no idea what your brand is. Mm -hmm. They have no idea what size your business is. Like they don't know who you are as a person. So getting to that person, if Mm. you can, I know it can be a bit of a struggle, but if you can get to the Mm. accounts person Mm. and then tell them your story and then get them to prioritize paying you. Yeah. That's golden. Yeah. And do you know what? I had a conversation with my auntie recently because she used to be that person mm. who was like paying, or well, she's done both sides. Okay. So she used to chase other businesses for payments. And then she also used to be the person who was fulfilling the payments. Ah. And I was talking to her because I currently have recently, it's not even that recent, I can't even say how long ago because I can't give it away. Oh gosh, spill the tea, spill the tea. At some point, I was working with a very big brand who should not be behaving this way. Oh, it's always them. Months ago, months and months ago. Yeah. Um, And they had 30 day payment terms. And obviously I've just said it was months and months ago and I have not received my money yet. And I was talking to my auntie about it and she was like, you just, you need to start finding a phone number and you have to phone them and email them every day. She was like, literally. Yes. Do not let them forget now. But they're at the point where like, I emailed them like, a, I think it was about 10 days ago. Yeah. And they just haven't even responded to that email, <gasps> which is a big bugbear. If anyone's listening to this, who works in like, you a job know who you are, or involves email, just acknowledge the email. Yeah. I have such a bugbear about it. So it's yeah, been so months. They still haven't paid months. you. It, we're overdue by about three months. Now. Have you got in your terms that you can start charging them interest? Cause that'd be no. scaring them. And I should have. And that's uh, something that I'm going to start including, but I don't. And do you know what? I've never had a problem with people paying me on time. Interesting. I've, I've, I've had, okay, let me take that back. I've had people pay me one to two weeks late. Yeah. But most of the time it's like, you get to the point where the payment's due yeah. and it's not arrived. So I email them and they're like, oh God, sorry. And then they just saw it out within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I've never had a problem where I've been like, it's late Months and they're like, in. cool. <laughs> And just like not doing anything oh my about God. it. Are they financially stable? Cause yeah, sometimes yes. that be happening. Yes. Okay. Big, I'm talking big brands. Okay. Like billions, worth billions, like a big brand. And they haven't. And they haven't paid, they're not even responding to my emails. So badly managed. And, That's and so the wild. person who I've been like working with the marketing team. Yeah. Bless her, she's like freaking out. <gasps> so she responds to me being like, I'm trying. I think she's like, this is terrible for us. Yeah. Um, Reputationally. Yeah. And also that she was like- Start talking about do... reputational damage. Yeah. Right. Cause they know what that means. Um, And I, she was talking about long-term partnerships before. And I was thinking, I'm never working with you yeah. again. Pay me. What is going on? So That's anyway. So wild. That's probably yeah. one of the biggest challenges of being a creator, isn't it? Is getting paid. Yes, it is. And- I read this recently and I've seen nothing about it since. I read an article a couple months ago where apparently the UK government were going to introduce something which meant that suppliers had to be paid within 30 days. Oh, so no they were going to legislate it. Yeah. Interesting. And I've not heard anything yet, which is such a shame because when I saw that, I was like, great. Because mm. I've had like 90 day payment terms. I've had like, I worked with a brand last year who had 120 day payment terms. What? <laughs> So Are you going like, to pay me ever? Like, I was like, cool. So I, I'll just stop expecting the money for a while then <laughs> and just set a reminder when it's wow. due. So I was getting paid months and months later. Um, yeah. So that's wild. Okay. I've, I can just imagine, I mean, as a creator, it's a problem, yeah. but we don't have many outgoings for a lot of us. True. So our overheads are really low. Yeah. So it's a problem, but I imagine it's like a whole different situation Mate, where you've got you've cost actually, of sales. When you've exactly. got cost of sales, it's just like, a large percentage of your revenue. Yeah. You need to, you need to be paid. Yeah. So 
I want to talk a bit about social media and PR now. Okay, Because we spoke a bit about it before. And the first thing I want to start with yeah. is specifically social media. I hate social media. <laughs> I hate it. Sorry. Okay, great. Sorry. So I know how this conversation is going to go. <laughs> I hate Why it. Why do you hate it? I just <sighs> hate it. I hate everything about it. I'm what sorry. What do you hate about it? I don't know. I just think it's like a full-time job. It is. Yeah, I know. It, it is. really is a full-time yeah. job. And also like, I find it difficult sometimes to measure its impact and okay. that stresses me out. Okay. And then also it's just tough. Everything is like constantly evolving. Mm. There's always a new channel. There's always a new trend. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so much to keep up with. Yeah. And that's just you know me I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here and say, maybe yeah. because you're doing everything. Yeah, so- <laughs> true. True, true, true. Because I can't imagine. That is so true, actually. I'll take people that. People have teams who do social media. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah, you're right. So <laughs> I would imagine if I was in your position, it'd be one of the first things to go. Yeah. Especially because you see so much success with the PR yeah. angle. But with that in mind, you have like 5,000 followers on Yeah, Instagram? but like, is what does that even mean? I'm so sorry. So I have the, okay. <laughs> I feel like this is going to turn into therapy. <laughs> I, honestly, you should have asked me about social media. I've got so many thoughts about okay, these well, social media <laughs> houses. But I just think Instagram, mm-hmm. I mean, they're crooks. Are they not? They literally pay, you literally have to yeah. pay them to rent an audience. Yes. You build a follower list that is not your own follower yes. list. They're just rented. Yeah. And their like eyesight is even more rented. Like mm. I was, I think the last time I used to like properly post on social, I realized that they were only showing my posts for 5% of my audience. Yes. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> So out of these 5,000 people, how Mm. many people are really seeing my post? And then how many of those people are even buying the product? Yeah. I'd rather spend my time, that same amount of time to create that post, create that carousel, Mm. create that content. I could spend it pitching press. I could spend it, I don't know, making the website conversion rate better. I could spend it like creating blog content to get more people to the website. For me, like- I, it's, it's interesting because I think it as much. it's so. Sorry, that's a fly. <laughs> You're just getting really angry. Yeah, I'm just like, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because when I speak to other business owners, yes. you can always see, you can always kind of tell which channel has worked from them from a marketing yeah. sense because the way they speak about it yeah. and their energy towards it is so much more positive. It's true. And I it's think true. if you enjoy something, you normally see the success from it. So yeah. for me personally, press. I don't like it very much. <gasps> so I I love the impact. Yeah. Right. I love the fact that it's like earned media. Like I love it. Yeah. However, it's not, I'm not a big fan of writing and pitching. You don't need to be, mate, let no. me, when we get there, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. And I will say that I have, I've, I've changed a bit when it comes to press. I've got okay. a few things going out. So good, I'm, good. I'm definitely changing, but energetically, it's not something that I gravitate towards. Fair. Whereas social media, I do more so. And yeah. I'm also blogs. No, not for me. Hate <gasps> writing, hate writing. I've got a marketing coordinator now. She's oh, okay, okay. She, she's so good at it. So it's always around it. And yeah. I respect the channels, which is why yeah. I'm like, let me find a way to make them work. Yeah. But I do think the reason why some business owners see more success on certain channels is because they just genuinely enjoy the process more. Cause then it feels yep. a lot less like a chore. And also if, I feel like it's almost cyclical. Like if it works for you, you'll enjoy it more. If it works yeah, for you, true. then you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if it stops working, then you stop enjoying yeah. it and then it starts yeah. feeling like a chore. Yeah. So we're, in terms of the so 5,000 followers, which I was referencing before. Yes. For Instagram. Why, yeah, yeah. 
Well, the reason why I wanted to reference that is because it is quite difficult for product-based businesses, especially when they're in their infancy, yeah. to get a following. And the reason oh, really? why, yeah, because most of the time your content, so not specifically your content, I love your content, <laughs> but a lot of the time product-based businesses, they yeah. go on social media and they're like, cool, I'm going to start selling now. Yeah, and then, every then post build the audience. Yeah, because mm. then no one goes on Instagram thinking, I can't wait for Ricky to sell me a candle today. <laughs> wait, you know, what? Apart they from not? me, I, I think that when I open Instagram, but a lot of people don't. It's true. So sometimes it's hard. So why? how do you think you were able to gain that following? Do you think it was from press? It was from press. That's really interesting. It was 100% from press. Yeah. And then some like, um, I wouldn't say influence marketing, but some content creators would share the product nice. or share their story. Mm. Um, so you'd get like a few more followers from that. But mm. yeah, it was from press. Okay. And I've also realized that like a lot of product businesses who are building their Instagram followings, mm. who you see like mm. some of my other small business friends, they're paying for it. Yeah. They're all paying for it. Like yeah. you're paying for the advertising. Yeah. You found the audience through your advertising that you can then mm. turn into a following. Mm. You notice them doing that even more so when they've got like 20,000, 40,000 followers, mm. but on every post they've got oh, 50 the likes. Is absolutely low. Yeah. That's why I talk it's about Instagram is mm. renting you an yeah. audience. It's funny because you have good engagement. You it's do. okay. I run the numbers. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> receipts. <laughs> I literally, I'm so sad. I have a plugin on my Chrome. Oh, so no way. Anyone's Instagram or TikTok I go onto, I can see. Is it VidIQ? Your engagement. No, it's like a separate one. Oh, okay. It's, I can't remember what it's called now. It's oh, called, it's fine. It's, it's not it's, sponsored. Yeah, it's not, right? So <laughs> if you want me to announce the name, then they have to pay me. No, I'm joking. Um, but that would be great. <laughs> um, so everyone's TikTok, Instagram, even if I don't want to see. It's just there. It's against my own will. So I, I already yeah. know. So yours is 3%, which is really is good. Is that okay? Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's, okay. Especially for a product-based brand, it's quite high. And someone who posts very rarely. And who hates it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty high. So talk to me about press then. Really yes. spoke a bit about the fact that you, you mentioned um, Cosmo and Elle. I've yes. also written down uh, Grazia. Big up Grazia. Grazia I love the Grazia. Is it because we're Southern that we say Grazia? Maybe, yeah, Grazia. Okay, I don't know. My I really love the Grazia team, by the way. If you're listening, really? big you up. Yeah, I do. I mean, if you're listening and you want to come on the podcast, I am available. <laughs> My contact and the information team. is below. They're great. Um, <laughs> um, and Glamour. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. So And the Independent, oh, Indie oh, Best List. Oof. The Telegraph. Oh my God, we yeah. don't have all day. Um, <laughs> and so, Country and Townhouse. They get me a lot of sales actually. So big up Country really? and Townhouse. Yeah. I yeah. can imagine that actually. I feel like that. Yeah. Okay. So you're in, a, you're, you're everywhere. You're visible. Yes. So, and you mentioned that you don't necessarily pitch. So I did at the start. Okay. Um, but press is more about relationships, less about transactions. Mm. I think sometimes when you go into press, like you get into the mindset of, I need to get into this press feature. And then once you've done that, that's it. Mm. But actually I like to like build relationships. Like I'll follow them on Instagram. I'll yeah. like all their posts. Yeah. If I see something that they've written, I'll be like, ha ha ha. Cause yeah. it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's all about relationship building. My latest Grazia feature wasn't me pitching. They came back to me off of, like oh, yeah that. off of engagement yeah so I think yeah. for me it's it's really relationship led mm. that said to get to where I am now I've sent hundreds of pitches really yeah hundreds easily and if so if someone was starting out and they were yeah. like okay I think I want to let me put the, you on yes how do they go down the press route how it how? is so simple really yeah it's actually scarily simple oh i'd love to hear it so the first <laughs> thing i would recommend is signing up this is not sponsored mm -hmm. at all so 
this this is when you know it's like legit. Mm. The first thing I would recommend if you're a product-based business yeah. is sign up to something called PR Dispatch. Okay. So they are a, I'd say they're a software company now, but they started as an agency, but now they're a software company and they give you journal requests. So they scrape like Twitter or the internet for any time mm. a journalist says, hashtag journal request, mm. I need this thing. They'll also have like a whole database of press journalists that they've pitched you before and um, that have featured small businesses before. Mm. And they'll regularly tell you who to pitch to, what their name is, what their interests are and what their email address is as well. Yeah. They also give you like templates that you can literally copy and paste and wow. tweak. Um, and then they give you like follow up templates as well. It's And it's a community. Yeah. So I joined them. Um, through their like black founders program mm. in 2020 mm. they gave me a free membership I think for like three or six months okay it changed my life wow. it's probably the only subscription apart from Clavio and Shopify mm. that I would actually recommend every product business get wow which is serious what a plug I know big up Rosie my and her team gosh, they be but they're you. so good <laughs> no honestly they're they're really really good um and obviously like I did that subscription. I also do their Christmas subscription as well, which mm. is like gold, golden. They, I think they only have like 400 or 500 places yeah. and it's worth every penny. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, so you can do that. You can get your basics ready mm. and then you can just keep using that skill set that you've developed through them to yeah. keep pitching. And when I tell you like press can literally be like 30 minutes a week. Wow. That's all you and need. And has such a big impact. A huge impact. Oh and oftentimes if it's, um, so obviously there's like long lead press, short lead press, and then online press. Yeah. For online press, you can literally see the impact in your sales. Like when you're on Shopify, it shows you where your of traffic course. and sales yeah. is coming from. So you know, like yeah. if, so when I started, I was pitching to everyone. Mm. Now I pitch to smaller numbers of publications mm. because I know they'll get me sales. Right. Like I'm not just pitching from brand awareness anymore. Yeah. I'm pitching. Yeah, for my bottom line right okay yeah. so it sounds like you have many a spreadsheet and big up you the are spreadsheets. big on like tracking yeah and that kind of thing if someone's just starting out and they're like nope not for me hate spreadsheets what, what do you think i know <laughs> i know ridiculous but what do you think are like the main tools or maybe spreadsheets that you need to have when you're starting off in a product-based business. For a product-based business. Yeah. Um, firstly, you need to understand your numbers. Mm. So cost of sales, how much each product takes to make. Yes. And then how much money you get back from that is crucial. Mm. Then I would say, I mean, I'm big on press. So I'd probably have a press budget press spreadsheets yeah. um, for who you're pitching, when you're pitching them, yeah. what you're pitching them, and then your regular check-ins. What other spreadsheets do I use? I also have like a... Um, a monthly tracker so like mm. i have like my budget and then tracking against that jewels nice. i've got that too yeah um which i think is really important and then maybe if you're into marketing you might want to do like a content calendar and mm. all that sort of stuff but you can do all of this if you don't like actual spreadsheets you can mm. do all of this stuff on asana yeah i love asana do you also oh. not sponsored <laughs> they actually don't sponsor anyone do they I've, not no i've done so much research into it because i'm like i keep on plugging asana <laughs> and no one's paying me for it like what's going on that's why <laughs> yeah <laughs> plugging them for free. Get to my number one rule no but you know you're like come on and yeah. they just don't have they don't it's have probably because they the product is so good that yeah, people they don't will talk need about it. yeah so frustrating asano if you're listening <laughs> i promise you i can get you some sales 
Um, that's so funny okay so i want to wrap up by yes. talking specifically about creators and okay. i know you are a unique type of creator in the sense that you are a product-based business owner yes. but still still a creator yes so and i know you also mentioned that you've worked with creators and influencers in the past so yeah. not necessarily like a whole campaign yeah but they've gone ahead and they've promoted some of your products for you yeah so there are probably a lot of creators listening to this Hello. If they wanted to get the attention of you or someone like you to work yeah. with them, because this is the number one thing that people ask me, yeah. how would you recommend they do that? That's a really good mm. question. So I'd say I'm uniquely placed in mm. the fact that I, I run a product-led business, which uses like content, mm. but also in the past, like I've created for other brands outside of just my business. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know, but people don't really be known about that, but I just- <laughs> I don't. All my revenue streams. Yeah, she's on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got a few lessons from that as well, but I'd say it's difficult because I don't have like a huge budget for mm. content creation. Yeah. And if you're an actual creator and it's like your business, mm. you probably don't want to be targeting like my like right. brand right if you're just getting started or mm. you're a hobbyist mm. then sure like and you're happy to do like um what's it called where you have like a product and then you have like a like piece gifted. of gifted yes yeah. that's it my words <laughs> um if <laughs> if you do like gifted like small bands mm. are like better for that but mm. if you want like paid gigs mm. i'm not as so what familiar if they did want to do gifted because i work with a lot of creators who are in their early stages okay and i always say like if you find a brand who you love yeah and you're just starting out like Reach gifted out. is a great yeah. way to get started get some practice whilst also supporting a brand that you love yeah but even then they'll be like well how do i i obviously how do you find teach them people how to pitch and all that kind of stuff yeah but what would they need to say to you in a pitch through your Instagram DMs yeah. that would make you think, yeah. Don't DM me. Cause you know, I told you I hate social media. Yeah, true. So do you not even check, you're not on the, your DMs? I, don't, I think the last DM I replied to is from like two and a half weeks ago. Okay. I'm so bad. I am, I'm DMs sorry. DMs are quite stressful. I literally spend like, I spend an hour a day in my DMs and I have someone who also works in my Whoa. DMs and I still spend an hour a day, yeah. It's okay, a, that's it's scary. A whole, it's a whole job. Um, so, so I, I would it. say email for one. And also, so I actually get a lot of UGC mm. and early stage content creators reaching out. Oh, great. Um, and I'd say like the the ones that are more likely to get a reply from me have emailed. Okay. The ones who are even more likely to get a reply mm. from me know my name. Great. Oh my God, that's such, such yeah. a key one. I Oh, when I used to have my own like boutiques and stuff, yeah. the DMs I used to get were just, they were like one sentence. Sometimes they would just say collab question mark. Oh, no. no, hello, no, my name, not even the brand name. Oh. Just literally collab, not even collaboration, <laughs> Ricky. It was collab question Five mark. Five letters only. I couldn't believe it. So anyway, Serious. continue. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no collab question marks, please. Yeah, no. Also like, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to be doing that job for you like you yeah. need to tell me yeah. what you want from this and what you think I can gain from it yes. say my name if you found my actual email address and not mm. just info at mm. even better if you have examples of your work and mm. you've got them in the email so I don't have to be searching up your Instagram or TikTok for yeah. them even better yeah and if you understand like what the product is mm. and you've talked about it in the email that's it great Okay, perfect. So that was such, that's such good advice. Like people will listen to that and be like, oh my God, I can change. I have not been doing yeah. any of that. Yeah. <laughs> and also surprisingly, I get a lot of, um, this is like a random one, but I get mm. a lot of emails from people based in Canada and the US, okay. which I don't ship to. Right. 
that's quite frustrating then for you, I suppose, because then they've not looked into that. Yeah, mm. and it means like you can't, you actually can't work with me because yeah. your audience yeah. aren't going to be able to physically buy the product. Yeah, yeah. And it would save you time if you did that research, you wouldn't have to pitch to me. You could yeah. just pitch to another local brand. Yeah, yeah. I always think, and I always say, you know, you're asking, even if you're working with someone or you're pitching to a brand to get a gifted partnership, that brand is still spending money because yeah. they're shipping you the product yep. and it costs them money to produce the product. Yes. So you are requesting something of monetary value from a brand. You've got to spend more than a few seconds trying to get that thing. It's not fair to send collab question mark and expect a brand to do all of yeah. all of that for you. And to tell it you what the collab is. It has to work both ways. Exactly. It has to be an equal partnership. That's the only reason and the only way it's going to work. So I think that was really, really good advice. I have loved catching up with you. Me too. I'm so impressed by what you've done. Are you able to give us a little bit of a clue as to what's next for you? Oh, <laughs> I, I would say it's it's what I've always wanted to do okay wow elusive <laughs> well um, yeah we're all on I'm literally gripping, my, gripping the edge of my seat to see what this is do you know when roughly we'll know TBC oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay guys watch this space <laughs> We'll find out soon. Okay. Well, it's been so lovely you, having yeah. you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience, sharing all those gems. People are going to find this really, really useful. And congrats again on your success. I will leave a link to your business, maybe even your second business, depending on when it's gone out. I don't know. In the show notes, in case anyone wants to check it out, your candles are amazing. And yeah, thanks again for joining. Thank you for having me. You've just listened to an episode of The Creator Project. We upload new episodes every single week. So if you've not hit that subscribe or follow button yet then what are you doing be sure to hit subscribe or follow before you leave so that you don't miss out on our new content if you feel like supporting our podcast we would absolutely love it if you could leave us a review and share our podcast with someone else who might get value from it don't forget to hit us up on our socials links can be found in the show notes thanks again we'll speak soon